Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. I want to talk about hand and heart, how they're connected. Deuteronomy chapter 15, if you'll turn there. Deuteronomy 15, just a passage here, something I really haven't talked about before, but I'm just going to, a passage I haven't looked at, but in the parasha, hand and heart, how they're connected. And uh, Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Speak to us through your word now. B'shem Yeshua. Galeinai We pray. B'shem Yeshua. Amen. So let's look at that passage. If there's a poor man, a poor man among you, any of your brothers within any of your gates in your land that Adonai your God is giving you, you are not to harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother. Rather, you must surely open your hand to him and you must surely lend him enough for his need whatever he's lacking, watch yourself so there is not, no unworthy thing in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of the canceling of debts is near because the seventh year they would be able to cancel. So if you, if you lend, have lent the money and it's near the seventh year, then you would, it would be canceled. You wouldn't get it back. Um, and your eye, is, your eye is evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. Then he may call out to Adonai, to the Lord, against, against you, and it will be a sin upon you. You must surely give to him, and your heart is not to be grieved when you give it to him. Don't be miserable when you let it go. In other words, when you, give him, when you let it go and give it to him. For because of this thing, the Lord your God, Adonai your God, will bless you in all your work and in every undertaking of your hand. For there will never cease to be poor people in the land. Therefore, I am commanding you, saying, you must surely open your hand to your brother, to the needy, and the poor in the land. It's kind of obvious as it is. I want to, as I say, take it in a little different direction for application and say that I'm a poor man, and so are you. You say, well, maybe you're not. Maybe you think, I'm, I'm not a poor man. You are. You know, David says three times of himself in the Psalms, I'm poor and I'm needy. I mentioned it in one of the Devash Lafis this past week. I'm poor and needy. Ani ve'evyon. I'm dependent. It means dependent. Ani, dependent. And I'm in a submissive state. Ani and avion. I'm 
In Psalm 40, verse 18, he mentions it. Psalm 70, verse 5. Psalm 109, verse 22. I'm poor and needy. And so he says, you're not to harden your heart, verse 7. And that's the word emats. You're not to harden your, your heart, your, your lev. The heart is the central core. Let's say lev for heart. Heart lev is the central core. It's the center of us and the, the center of the person. Or shut your hand. You're not, and that's kafatz. You're not to shut your yad. Let's say hand is yad. Yad, yad, okay? So a lot of things we could say about those words or, you know, and yadaim, the hands. It means you're not to strengthen, to harden, to strengthen, to toughen. Toughen so that you become, you know, tough so it's not soft any longer. Your central core. Or shut quickly, it means. Kamatz means to shut quickly your hand. The hand is that which projects upward in the Hebrew. Now, and I want to say thank God that he didn't and he doesn't to you and I. Amen? He didn't shut his heart or his hand towards you and me. He didn't harden his heart. He didn't shut his hand. He didn't toward you and me. Psalm 70, 37 verses 23 and 24 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he'll not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I don't know if you, about you, but I love those verses. They're some of my favorite verses. And especially when I learned that it's kiafal, kiafol. It says, The steps of man are established by the Lord, and he delights, he's, he desires his way. And then it says, doesn't say, though he, and by the way, all the translations say, though he fall, or it says he won't fall. He'll stumble, but he won't fall. It's not what the Hebrew says at all. It actually says, you will fall. It actually says, for he falls. He, for he falls. And I like this translation. He will not remain cast down, but you're going to fall. You're going to fall. And for the Lord upholds him with his hand. My little children, John writes, my technon, my dear children, my disciples, my little children, I write these things unto you that you don't, don't sin. And then he says, and if any man sin, you're going to sin. And what do we have? What's the provision for our sin? We have a what? An advocate with the Father, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, the righteous one. In 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. He's the righteous. He is the propitiation, the atonement. The Hebrew would be kaporet. The atonement for our sin. And not for ours only, but for the whole world. Wow. Provision for the whole world. He's our one who, who fights for us, for our case. He's the one that, and he wins. Hallelujah. He wins the cases. He's our advocate. He's our paraclete. Literally, the Greek word means para, uh, on, to the side. Clete, called. He's called to our aid. He's called to the side. He comes to our side, and he fights for us, and he wins. He says, it's going to happen, and you're my dear children. And so we fall, but he picks us up. You don't remain cast down. I love Micah 7, 8. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, the prophet says. Rejoice. Don't get too excited, Satan. Don't get too, For though I fall, I will get back up. I will arise. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light to me. 
He says, no, don't get excited. It's not over. The Lord's a light to me. I'm getting back up. And so the steps of man, God establishes us. I'm poor and needy, but he comes, he fights for us, and he takes us up, our cause. Now, in verses 8 and 11 of this chapter, he says, open. It's a, it doubles the Hebrew verbs. And actually, in 8, 8 and 11, he doubles it twice on the word open. Let's say the word open. Patach. Let's say patach. Patach is open. It means to open wide. Doubles the word. So open, open. Open, open. Not open sesame, but open, open. And then give is the word natan. Let's say natan. Natan means to give over. To give over. It doubles the verb for, for, for give. Naton titen lo. Give, you should give to him in verse 10. Give, you should give to him. Verse 8 and 11. Open, you should open your hand to him. Patoch tiftach. Patoch tiftach. It doubles the verb. Et yad cha lo. Open your hand to him. Open. Open wide. Open it wide. Loosen it. Loosen it. In modern Hebrew, it, the word open, it, it means to open wide, to expand. You're providing an entrance. And I love Corey Ten Boom's uh, quote. I've learned, I've learned to hold the things of this world loosely so it doesn't hurt so much when God has to pry my fist open. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Ow! Get arthritis with your fist, because you, you know, with your hand, because you're, because we're selfish, because we hold it in our fist instead of an open hand, open hand versus a clenched fist. God says, "Open wide, loosen, let go, give over, give over." Modern Hebrew it means to hand over, to hand over, to yield, to give generously. The Talmud. A quote from the Talmud, this is a good one, says, By opening your hand and giving to others, you draw a spirit of life that brings vitality into your own life. Let me repeat it. It's a good quote. By opening your hand and giving to others, you draw a spirit of life that brings vitality into your own life. As I said initially, hand and heart are what? Connected. They're connected, right? Verse 10 says, do not let your heart feel bad about giving it, giving to him. Don't get upset and angry. The Hebrew word is yera, and it could, it's a couple possibilities there, but really, I'd say, I translate it, upset and angry. It's like God told Abraham, don't get upset and angry when, in terms of what happened with Ishmael and Hagar. Don't be upset and angry in your heart, when you're giving to him. Don't get upset. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, I mean, perhaps the apostle Shaliach Paul was thinking of this passage in the Torah when he wrote this and to the Corinthians. He said, let each one give as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a miserable... Oh, no. God loves a what? <laughs> a cheerful... Giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Yes. And it says in verse 10 here, the Lord, God, your Lord, would be the Hebrew, God, your Lord, will, what's going to happen? He will bless you. He will bless you. I love it. It says, for this thing, for because of this thing, Adonai, the God, your Lord, will bless you in all your work 
and in every undertaking of your hand. What a promise. What a promise. And let me read the passage in 2 Corinthians 9, in 6 through 11. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you. God is able to bless super. It's supernatural. It's not natural. He'll do, he'll do what's out of proportion. So that by always having enough for everything, you may overflow in every good work. As it is written, he quotes the passage now, he scattered widely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all generosity, which through us brings about thanksgiving to God. Think about it. The opposite of opening wide is to be closed and narrowed. To tighten rather than loosen. To tighten rather than loosen. To shut down rather than to expand and allow entrance. The opposite of being giving is to be greedy. To only want to get. To be selfish rather than selfless. To hold on to rather than to hand over and let go. And the result, God may God, my Lord, curses rather than blesses me in all that I do and I try. Listen, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I want, I'm tired of that when that happens. If I'm, not, if I'm selfish, I'm tired of the curse of what I do and try not succeeding constantly. I know it's happened, I'm sure, because I've been selfish and, and not giving. Diminish rather than grow. Decrease versus increase. Going backward instead of forward. Which, which way do you want to be? I don't want to go backward. I want to go forward. Grow rather than decrease. And this, God tells us, here's the key right here. This is the secret. Now think of Joseph with his brothers in uh, Egypt. And his brothers were, came back, came down, and he was re- he revealed himself to them. He said in chapter 45 of Genesis, he said, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen. And he's restoring them. He's bringing them back in. And he says, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds. Talk about generosity. And all that you have, there I will provide for you. Not only does he forgive them, he says, I don't even remember what you did. I will give you all give you the best of the land of Egypt. You will eat of the fat of the land. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Wow. What generosity. What, that's an open hand, an open heart, a giving heart. Think of Abigail. These are just a few of the people I mentioned. Think of Abigail with her evil husband, Nabal. What a jerk. 
I mean, he was. He was a jerk. And she saves him from David coming, you know, to kill him. And David just saw that. What an amazing woman. She's probably the, maybe the most greatest woman in the Bible. I mean, there's so many, but unbelievable. Abigail, Abigail in 1 Samuel 25. How about Yeshua on the stake? Yeshua on the stake. And he's saying, he kept saying, it didn't just say it once. It seems like, in, I think in the Greek, it's a, a, more of a continual tense. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. David, I want to focus on David for a few minutes. David, with two people, when he was restored on his with two people, Shemi and Mephibosheth. On his flight from Jerusalem, David first met his loyal supporters, the priests and Hushai. When he had to flee from Jerusalem because of his son taking over his kingdom and he was driven out, horrible uh, period in his life. And David, you know, went through a real t- tough time there. Went through a lot of tough times, David did. I mean, Saul, but then his own son, Absalom. And so when he's on his way back, the order is reversed. He first meets Shimei, Shimei, and then Mephibosheth himself, and finally his staunch supporter, Barzillai. Sounds Italian, but it's not. Barzillai. Even the tribe of Judah had defected to Absalom's side. Now, what he's making a choice. Revenge against Shimei or be generous with forgiveness. Shimei, in chapter, and you can turn there if you want, 2 Samuel 19. 2 Samuel 19. Shimei had cursed and insulted David on his flight from Jerusalem. It's in, in chapter 16, verses 5 through 13. He cursed him, insulted him. He took advantage. David's down. And now that David's restored as king, Back, coming back to his king, he hurries, he rushes to find forgiveness from David and, to, and spare his life. And what, look what David does. Does he take revenge on him? He should. He could. But he says in verses 22 and 20 through 24, shouldn't Shimei, they say, be put to death for this? They say, because he cursed the Lord's anointed, Adonai's anointed. But David said, David said, I'm king. Let's see, let me get it. Uh, yeah, Abishai's son. He said, shouldn't Jimmy be? But David said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah, that you should be my adversary today? Notice that? What have I to do with you, sons of Zariah, that you should be my adversary? Should any man be put to death in Israel today? Don't you know that I, today I am king over Israel? So my kingship is not to take revenge. My, uh, God has put me in a position. It's not to... Use it to, to hurt, but to help, to, to save, not to destroy. Then the king said to Shimei, you shall not die. And the king swore to him, and he spares him. Amazing. Revenge, or getting even, listen, plays into the adversary's hands. Revenge is my enemy. Repeat, revenge is your enemy. 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11, Paul says it this way. He says, now, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. For indeed, what I have forgiven, 
And I love this. He says, if I have forgiven anything. You see, when God forgives our sins, he says he what? Remembers them no more. Hebrews 8, 12. Hebrews 10, I think it's 17. I will remember from Jeremiah. I will remember their sin no more in Jeremiah 30. He remember and Paul that Paul has the mind of Messiah. We have the mind of Messiah in 1 Corinthians 2 16. We have the mind of Messiah. If we have the mind of Messiah, if we have this, we think the same way. If I've forgiven anything, Paul says, it, I don't remember it, what they did to me. It doesn't exist anymore. I see someone that did that to me. I love them. I love you. I love you. Yes, you tried to kill me. Yes, you murder. I love you. Vengeance is God's prerogative. Judgment, yes, there'll be a judgment. And yes, if there's no repentance, there'll be a judgment. No question about it. But it's not my judgment. I'll leave that in the hands of God. And uh, are you getting this? 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. I don't know if you've seen these verses before. He says, if, I forg- if anyone you forgive, I also forgive. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I've forgiven anything, I did it. For you in the presence of Messiah, so that we might listen, we might not be outwitted by Satan, the adversary. There it is. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Yes, those are his schemes. Get you living without forgiveness, without not forgiving, holding on to bitterness, holding on to a grudge. Where that's this, you're playing right into his hands. You're a patsy. You're playing right into his hands. I think that's the word. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 15 says, See that, to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. See to it that no one, no root of bitter, no bitter root springs up and causes trouble, and many be defiled by it. It defiles many others, as we know. Root of bitterness, Hebrews 12, 15. God says, Listen, what is, how does God, God says he will not always accuse Psalm 103, verses 9 through 14. He will not keep his anger forever. He has not treated us according to our sins or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we're but dust. Shemi may not have really been truly repentant. And later, David tells his son Shlomo, Solomon, to remember what he did to him in 1 Kings 2. But it's better for my health, for your health, to forgive than to hold a grudge. Or get even. Do you believe that? You're going to follow it? (laughs) Do follow it. Follow it. Pastor Wormbrandt, my favorite quote, love your enemies, he said. Love your enemies too. Don't just love those who love you. Love your enemies too. (laughs) Listen to this. If you cannot forgive them for Messiah's sake, then do so for the sake of your gallbladder and stomach. (laughs) Kindness is never wasted. At the very least, it profits the giver. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Listen, it's not worth it. It's not worth your health. But do it because of the obedient, because you love the Lord. But also do it for your health, if nothing else. 
And then the beautiful reconciliation David has with Mephibosheth in verses 25 through 30. He tells David what happened. A poor Mephibosheth, he was deceived and he didn't know what would happen. He had, Ziba had deceived them both. Uh, Ziba had deceived them both. Uh, David had unjustly given his fields to Ziba earlier, making a decision with, without learning the truth that Ziba had slandered and that Ziba had slandered Mephibosheth. Now he decrees to divide the fields between them both, not knowing which of the two is lying. Mephibosheth had remained loyal to David the whole time. And during all this time that David is, you know, an outcast, he remained loyal to David. What an amazing thing. And during all this time, he'd fasted and prayed for his king. He'd neither, it says in verse 25, he'd neither dressed his feet. Septuagint says it didn't cut his toenails. I don't know. He trimmed his mustache now and washed his clothes. And so he's back now to, to, to explaining to David. And David is so amazing. He says, why do you still speak of these? He's explaining everything. In verse 30, the king says to him, why do you still speak of your affairs? It's, it's in the Hebrew. It says, why speak more of your words? Lama tetaber od recha. Why do you speak any more? Why speak more of your words? Why speak more of your words? Don't just stop talking. I forget. I, I listen. I I'm just. I'm so glad that you're here. I for, you, There's nothing to even forgive with you. I understand. You don't have to explain anymore. So let and Mephibosheth, what a heart. Mephibosheth replied to the king, "As long as my lord the king has come back to his home in Shalom, all he wanted was the king's welfare and presence. That's all he cared." Ba Adonai. Hamelech, my Lord, the King has come. I just want you here. That's all that matters. Psalm seventy-three, uh, Psalm thirty-seven, verses twenty-five and twenty-six says, "I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous one forsaken, nor his children, his seed." The Hebrew says, "Seeking for bread." All day long, he's gracious and lends, and his offspring, his seed, is blessed is blessed. He says, look, I've seen it. I've seen it all. And God is faithful. God is faithful. God's plan for Israel was really, according to the Torah there, that be no poor among them because they'd all be taken care of. They'd give. They'd lend and not borrow, rule over many nations. Chapter 15 teaches, and they'd not rule over you, he said. God's blessing would be on them. God's blessing. There's a different explanations of why he said, but you'll always have the poor among you because maybe he knew they wouldn't be that way. I don't know. Matthew 6, verses 3 and 4, Yeshua taught, said, when you do charity or acts of chesed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand, your right hand is doing so that your tzedakah, your, your, your charity, your acts of chesed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret shall reward you. 12th century Jewish philosopher Maimonides advocated secret almsgiving as the second highest of his eight levels of charity, or tzedakah. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, Yeshua said, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Deuteronomy 15, 18. It shall not seem hard to you. This is a different word. Kashe. Let's say kashe. Kashe. Not seem low. Yikshe be'enai necha. 
It shall not be hard in your eyes, difficult in your eyes. And in modern Hebrew, it means to solidify, to be stiff, difficult, unpleasant, severe, incomprehensible. When you're giving, when you're letting your, here's the servant go after seven years. People who are stingy and greedy and I should, and I'll put myself in there too. I'm, my wife's much more giving than I am. But if you won't forgive, you become stiff and hardened. Don't be in that place to become stiff and hardened. Don't hold on. You solidify in your joints and tendons. People that don't forgive, they can't smile without their face almost cracking. <laughs> he says, surely open your hand to your brother to your needy and poor in your land, verse 11. You're needy and poor in the land. Who's needy and poor? We all are. We all are. You're going to be in that place. Someone else is there. You're in that place. You're in that place. Even if you, it doesn't just mean materially. We, we need each other in every way. Open wide my hand and my heart. Soften my heart and keep it tender. Give over everything to God. Be generous with forgiveness. Be generous with kindness and mercy. Open my hand with patience. Just as David three times refers to himself as poor and needy in the Psalms, so we, we are no different than others. We need love. We all need love. We need a listening ear. We need, all need cleansing and forgiveness. Give it and God will bless you. God will bless me. God will bless you in all that you do and try, hand and heart are connected. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We thank you and pray you would help us to implement this through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. You will help us in this by your Spirit, by Ruach HaKodesh. Lord God, thank you, Lord. Our heart and hand be connected, Lord. Help us to let open wide. Have a tender and soft heart. If you've never trusted Yeshua and, and said yes to Yeshua, to Jesus, the Messiah, said, yes, God, I humble myself. I open my heart to you, God. I want to receive you. Do it now. Lord, open your heart. He died for you. On the, he, he suffered for you. He's your, he wants to forgive you and wash you and cleanse you right now. Save me, Lord. Save me. Just pray that prayer. Save me. Rescue me, Lord. I need you. I need you. I'm humbling myself, God. I'm coming to you for I want to become your son, your daughter today. Wash me. And if you're watching online, please contact us so we can write you back. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar HaShalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.